0: Hello and welcome back to the Red Path. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Dylan Matusek, who recently went 4-1 and one at a GT, and we're going to drill him for absolutely every piece of information we can to find out how we can all achieve this kind of greatness. Dylan, how are you doing, mate?
1: Good, yeah. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to share my knowledge with you and all the other World Eaters guys out there.
0: Hey, it's a privilege for us to be able to get this information from you because you, you, you know us. We are—we're we're all pretty competitive players, and we, we've <laughs> been—we've uh, been hurting for a while. And it's, it's really fun to see, you know, to, to see a World Eaters list do so strongly and and you know against some solid opponents as well. So, um, just just give us a, a, a real brief introduction to yourself, you know, how long you've been playing and, you know, like why the World Eaters may be, just, just a little something
1: sure. like that. Yeah, uh, so I've been playing uh, 40k for about 20 years now, okay. I want to say, and uh, yeah, competitively the whole time we've been, uh, we were rabid little middle schoolers trying to compete in tournaments when we first <laughs> yeah. started and kind of lifelong obsession for us uh, for me and my my friends on my team and uh so we started back in third edition and i actually i didn't come down to the world leaders specifically until uh recently my my best friend my best mate at my wedding or uh, my best man at my wedding gave me the core of my world leaders army as a wedding gift actually which is amazing he's like a way better friend than i am i that's unbelievable Um, so, yeah, he, he gave me, you know, the Berserkers, the Rhinos, Carn all painted and built and beautiful, and, wow. yeah, um, he's, a, he's a very, very good hobbyist, he's a good friend of mine, uh, Tyler Johnson, he was in the results, too, okay, awesome, uh, so, yeah, that, so I've latched on the World Ears, and I was, I was always a World Ears fan before I had them, it was just kind of a, never got around to collecting them yeah. kind of thing, but I've always loved their lore, and kind of the the tragedy behind them i think they're very tragic characters i just love that about them um i think they make for really compelling uh novel characters so yeah
0: yeah absolutely Uh, that's your uh the the way you got the army that's awesome As, as a as a wedding gift that's top tier stuff right there that's oh man that's a best man
1: yeah, right, yeah. That's the best I'm, man. I'm fortunate he's already married, so I don't have to do
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, fair enough. But um, all right. So uh, obviously, I've got some questions for you that uh, we really want to try and get into some some nuts and bolts of like how you formulated your list, how it went on the at the tournament and stuff like that. So I'm going to open up here. First question I've got for you tell us how you theorized your list like when when you're in that kind of list building stage obviously i'm sure it's been a, a, a long period of development but what was the kind of engine in your mind behind it what did you want to achieve were you building for primaries or secondaries or tell us what your thought process was there
1: sure yeah so like you said this army wasn't the the first crack at trying world leaders competitively in ninth edition you know i I started off with the Corn Demon allies, uh, trying to do the bloodthirster thing, and with bloodletter bombs, and just eating too much command points. Um, wasn't really liking that, so I decided to flip the script and go hard into the, the mortal elements. Mm-hmm. And um, the army itself, the, the list that I'm on now, you know, it's there's no real fancy tricks or gimmicks about it. It's really just like third edition tactics you know it's kind <laughs> of a rhino rush with yeah. uh, some scary stuff and support elements to back it up um it's got a very wide play style so um mm. there's a lot of um chaff units around the killing elements that um gives it a lot of strength in playing the spatial things
0: right
1: um so you know for as far as primaries go you know the army is built for port control um it just in general, so that works well for playing the primer. You know, it's as world eaters, we re- berserkers are so incredibly destructive yes. that you know, as long as you can get as the world eaters player, as long as you can get your positioning and timing of when you use those guys correct, you know, your opponent really has to be afraid of getting close to you because if they overextend and you jump on them, you'll kill anything you hit, really. Yeah. Um, so, you know, keeping that in mind really lends itself to playing the primary, you know, you get to be the one who's aggressive about going out there and saying, you know, I am going to be on these objectives. And if you want to take them away from me, you got to come and I'm going to hit you. Yes. Um,
0: hit you a thousand times, you know, right? and then yeah. do it again. You know,
1: Yeah. 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 So, you know, that's how the army works. It's, it's, uh, it's very aggressive and assertive and it has, the support elements and this is what it was lacking when i had the corn demons is it was lacking the support elements to also have that flexibility of holding the backfield Mm -hmm. um, and doing more of the secondaries so you know the army um, almost uh you wouldn't like think about this but i almost never go for killing based secondaries unless they're just too good to pass up Right? yeah um but yeah, it's very much more interested in spatial secondaries, things like engage in all fronts. The three Raptors squads means that I can do deploy scramblers in any matchup, yeah. theoretically, you know, yeah. as long as you're not going to just fill their deployment zone the whole game. It's that's, And having deploy scramblers in your back pocket is just such a nice thing yeah. because it can always be hard to pick those secondaries. Um, you know, it likes to do banners in missions where that's a thing. Wow. Um, I usually do also rely on mission secondaries as long as there's a decent one that's, you know, has some action based thing or um, like, again, just the spatial board control style of play. Um, The the killing secondaries, especially since, um, you know, bring it down, they nerfed the points on that. They're just not very reliable anymore. Um, you know, and I mean, like you know, sometimes you'll get the matchup where, yeah, bring it down will still work, or thin their ranks as possible, um, or abhor the witch comes into play. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's a nice as a world leaders yeah. player to have that option. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nine times out of ten, I'm looking at only spatial scoring things that I don't have to interact with the enemy at all to right. do. It.
0: I think that's um, that's a, that's a really good way of approaching it because you know a, a, something. I think we've all struggled with, uh, like, com- Chaos Marines in general, I think, is those secondaries, especially. World Eaters, I 100% agree. The board control, the, the spatial play, as you, as you call it, we're very well equipped to do that. Those The Berserkers, the, the apoplectic frenzied Raptors or deep-striking Raptors, or, uh, we've got options to do that. And engaging all fronts is almost always one of my picks occasionally like domination depending on the actual mission and the Great. opponent but it's generally engaged and uh scramblers is 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 a solid choice for almost every army in the game as as you know some are, are obviously going to get better secondaries to replace that or be better equipped but for as a generic one it's 10 points almost guaranteed you know depending on if you like you say if your opponent just completely screens out the backfield so there's a little gabble, but it's that third one, and I, I like your um, the, the the looking at the mission objectives. That's something I've kind of failed to do. Um, oh, I'll get my camera in focus here. Uh, but um, the the mission objectives, <clears throat> I, I need to look at that. I think I think that's a great tip actually, because I do often see um, players use them, whether it's in bat rep, uh, you know online bat reps, Or talking to other people uh, that have played in comps and stuff. So I think I think you know that that's a little bit that's some great advice actually. I think um, I think we can I can develop that myself as a player. I think that's useful. Um, So let me move. I'm out of focus again. There we go. Got it. I think. Um, So next question I got is it's a little bit um, a little bit I guess. But obviously, world eaters—we're not renowned for being a, um, a, a a competitive element at all. Like yourself, obviously uh, mentioned in Goonhammer, which is awesome. Uh, player uh, Victor Schubert a few months ago. Got a, got a shout out by them as well for his mutilator list. But we 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 don't see. No one really thinks of world eaters when you're talking competitive forty k. At least not yet. However, the the something i've always thought is you know you bring that unexpected list now maybe your situation was a little different because you had so many uh fellow teammates in the tournament but for those players who maybe didn't know you or hadn't played against you before or just you know were new to the game themselves or something when you put that list down on the table what what are people's faces normally like it you know a gt or, or or a big tournament they're like expecting dracari or death guard or and you've got world eaters what 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 kind of reaction do you get
1: yeah um you know and it's not it is you do get some some surprised faces and you know they don't always understand kind of the danger that they're actually facing really they don't um especially my list you know some of the world eaters' lists you see out there running like triple lord of skulls yeah. people can wrap their mind around yes. that like the big model it's scary but my list you know there's no real big intimidating thing like yeah. maybe the leviathan i guess but yeah um i mean there's no real shooting phase presence to that you have to be afraid of um so yeah you know you people definitely underestimate it sometimes and you know you know obviously at tournaments like 99 of the people are very respectful of just having fun but i Occasionally at tournaments, when I'm just walking around between rounds and like people are looking at my army and they don't know that it's mine, right. I, I've overheard people say, "Oh, well, this is just a core army. Or this is just a world leaders army. You don't really need to worry about them. They're, you know, they only hit stuff in combat. And um, I, I love surprising people. You know, there was one tournament I was fighting this guy. He was playing Chaos Soup. He had a, a Chaos Knight with all the buffs and stuff. And he just threw it straight at me on turn one and sat right in front of my army. I'm like, well. All right, so I hit it with eight berserkers and some CP and the exalted champ, and I did 20 wounds to it in one activation. He's like, Oh, oh no! Oh. <laughs> he, he was not understanding the thing, yeah. like, the danger that he was facing, you know. And I've done that to Deathwing players, they yeah. drop their 10 Terminators right in front of you, thinking that you can't handle that. And eight berserkers oh. can ulch those guys fast, yeah. you know. So think, yeah, you you don't you don't get a lot of like disrespect, but it is a trick that you can pull on them one time. You know, yes. you get to do it once, and once they see what those berserkers will do, then they're a lot more afraid of you. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I I've had kind of similar experiences myself. I've, I've, you know, I've only played a few small RTTs, but generally that's been it. It's like, oh, well, that's that's cool. You're like the fluffy player, right? <laughs> okay, let's uh, you wait and see because yeah, like exactly like you say. A Squad of eight berserkers like five will do damage for sure, but when, like, you know, when when the meta's more surrounding things like knights and stuff like that, the big 20 plus wound toughness eight models, you you do tend to need the larger squads.
1: And well, even even against things that aren't the large targets, you know, eight berserkers can engage a lot of things Mm. that five of them just can't, yes,
0: yeah. And and yeah, and you, you spend two or three CP, you give them some vets, and you give them uh, stoke the nails or wild fury, and and then you have that exalted champion backing them up. Yes, like what, one of my issues is the lack of multi-wound options. Like I would like a two damage special weapon op- option for them for future. But oh, it, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, yep, yeah, you you got that. But um, you know, it's a lot of volume at minus one. And generally, strength five or six with the option for vets. And yes, that will that will decimate things. if your Deathwing Terminators, sure, okay. I'm you know probably wounded you on fours, but here's literally you know forty dice that you have to save. I, I you know forty wounds. You know, like depending on our, you know both activations, and that volume really pays off. And the AP one is really nice and. I really like that about the Chainsword upgrade we got a while ago.
1: Right, yeah, that helps. And I will see, you know, uh, Wild Fury is, like, the most important strat, second to Vets. Yeah. I use, like, every time a Berserker unit hits something, they're going to use Vets and Wild Fury. Yeah. Almost, you know, if it's an Imperial target like Deathwing, you're yeah. definitely going to pop for five up deaths with False yeah. Emperor. And, you know, the Exalted Champion, I tell people all the time, that's the most important model in the world leader's army. He <laughs> yeah. takes burgers from scary to ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, uh, oh, I, I, I agree. The it's And it's also, uh, I don't want to say unique because I'm not totally well-versed on a lot of other codexes, but I don't know of any other units off the top of my head in any army that give that full wound rerolls. Sure, it's only in combat. I know there's some that give like plus one to wound or reroll wounds of one and stuff. But coupling that, full wound rerolls with a unit like Berserkers. What, I mean, I'm glad they thought they didn't check themselves when they wrote that combo and they haven't FAQ'd it or nerfed it or anything. But my God, it's in the hands, you know, of a player like yourself and, and, and being able to to stack the the exalted champ, those those stratagem combos, you know, maybe a demon prince for the the reroll to one to hit and everything. It is brutal. I can't think of a, of a model of a codex model short of up, going up to a, a legit titan that that can really withstand, you know, one hundred and forty odd points of berserkers with an exalted champion and two or three CP. It is, is going to destroy pretty much anything.
1: Yeah, my my friends, they they make fun of me all the time because I list all the things that 8 Berserkers with 3 CP and card and an Exalted Champ can just eat. And, you know, it's like, I haven't tried it against Mortarion. It might, may or may not, my heart tells me it'll work. I don't know if it really will. Because the shutting off the rerolls will slow them down a lot. But then the... The other thing is the Alaris Custodian Terminators because they ignore negative two AP. Um, and so those, those guys are kind of an issue, but yeah. that's what the butchers are for. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's, um, there, we, we do have ways of dealing with stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, the the Berserkers are such a, such a great take all comers unit anyway. And then you throw in OBSEC and you throw that on in an edition where board control, primary, Scoring, you know, half your points essentially is just holding objectives. It it really powers them up. And, you know, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think they're certainly one of, if not the best, troops choice in the entire game. Um, I haven't played against the new Drakari yet. Um, or the new Death Guard, actually. But, I'm so I don't know exactly what they're bringing. But I think Berserkers, for a four-year-old Codex at this point... But yeah they're they're a great year. all right but let me um because because i like anything i could talk berserkers all day I, if we're talking 40k Same here, yeah. but, um, <laughs> all right so next question i got for you um out of all the games you played at the tournament um which were your toughest matchups now obviously and anyone anyone who's watching this has probably already checked out you know your your matchups you know who, who you played against what armies you played against and knows your, your results but um you faced Tau in the first round, Astra Militarum in round 2, Nid- Tyranids in the third, Blood Angels in the fourth and then White Scars in the final round. Um out of those obviously you sadly did get a loss, but w- what was what was the toughest couple of matchups you had there?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. obviously the White Scars yeah. the one I lost. They're they're just better than we are, you know, they they do a lot of the same stuff that we do. They're just better at it. Yeah. and uh, That's run by my teammate, Oliver. hes I haven't beaten that guy since 7th edition. Ooh. He's a tight player. He never makes mistakes. Right. And, uh, so yeah, uh, that was I wasn't going to win that game. I, a lot of things would have had to go right for me to win that
0: game. You should have but submarined I, a bit with your other games because you got some high scores. <laughs> Yeah, that, well,
1: that's that's the the classic Wisconsin maneuver is the submarine. That's what we like to do. Um, but my so my other matchups that were tough uh, was round four. Uh, another member of my team, we okay. were kind of at the top of the tournament on the last two rounds, so we yeah. ended up having to fight each other. And it's my buddy uh, John Miller. He was playing Blood Angels, like you said. And they we always have very interesting tactical games when we fight exactly. each other um, because you know Blood Angels are an aggressive army similar to us and but it's kind of a chess match almost because anything of mine that he charges, he'll annihilate. And if I charge him, I'll probably kill him too. So it's kind of having to plan out how that's gonna play. And I have more chaff units to support my killing things than he did. So um, I was fortunate I got to go first. And so, you know, I took an aggressive footing in the game knowing that he had oath of moment that I wanted to slow down. And I had taken the mission secondary, uh, which I forget the name of it, but it's like there's four objectives, and you get points for holding the ones in the middle or the one in the enemy zone. It's kind of times the same time as doing the primary, so I like that one because if you're doing the primary, you're going to get more points. Right? Yeah. Just kind of tax onto it. So yeah, I wanted to get that rolling right away, and. So once he saw me kind of take over the middle of the board, he opted to play for the later turns to try to push me off and make up the score in turns Mm -hmm. four and five. But unfortunately, I I got the score rolling. uh, Well, fortunately for me, (laughs) um, I got got the score too high for him to catch up. And on his turn three, he got down to just one CP, which couldn't interrupt me.
0: Oh, and so I
1: use that turn to hit, like, yeah. three or four of his units and take them all out. Because mm. normally, you got to play around the interrupt. You can't yeah,
0: really just just throw him one thing. at a time, yeah.
1: Right. So, but once he got down to one CP, I was able to kind of hit a bunch of stuff, and then he just didn't have enough left to make it up. I was able to yeah. kind of his primary scoring down to where he couldn't catch up.
0: Yeah. That's, that's often such a critical moment in a game for us. Um, you know, it's something... I, I I've talked about before is that just holding back enough for the counter-strike. And whilst I've thought of it theoretically, that just just that description there, or that moment when your opponent is down to that one or zero CP, and you know that, unless they may have like some weird ability that changes, you know, fight first, fight last and stuff, that is like the switch in your head. It's like, okay, now, it's 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 calm from um, Betrayer against the Ultramarines. Our turn, you know the the shield walls there don't care. We're all coming in. Axes revving and yeah, and and I think that that's actually uh I, I I need to steal that from you because it's a it's a practical tip. It's a tipping point in a game where you can just unleash full fury and it's common sense and you know like I said it's probably how I've been playing, but just putting it in words. That one CP is like, it's our turn. Mm-hmm. And um, especially against another combat army, you, you know, you, the Blood Angels there, who who are generally going to rely on that, as often we do, being able to interrupt and really utilize our potential. So, okay, so obviously White Scars and Blood Angels, um, the two Imperium, well, the two Marine lists you face, with them, I mean, Marines are still strong. Sure, they're not, you know, they're not getting the the bad rep they've had for a while, you know, because we've got other codexes and everyone's right. jumping all over Drakari right now, which whatever, well, you know, every, everyone's going to get their day. I'm cool with that. But as the as those two lists, the both power armored Marines lists, do you think that was there? Is it just the fact that they've been strong for a couple of years now and they're just holding over? Or or are they like a a good solid counter in general to us compared to maybe uh, the other armies like Tau, Imperial Guard, and Tyranids who often field a lot of T3, you know, chaff units. Marines don't.
1: Do you think that's an
0: element of it?
1: Maybe, yeah. I I will say the Tau army I fought was a Tau-Nar and a a, a Hammerhead flying around. Right. Or what? Tiger Shark? Whatever their flyer with the... Mega rail cannons is I don't okay, know. Okay, yeah, I, I don't,
0: I don't <laughs> know Tau. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so you know, it wasn't a traditional Tau army, and okay. you know, whenever you're fighting something like a Tau Nar, it's kind of just you know, get on the objectives and survive till the end yeah. and hope you get enough points. You know? Yeah. Um, but to your question, you know, the Marines like White Scars, I say, are a very strong counter mm-hmm. to us because. They're just so much faster than we are. Like, they can always, especially, you know, Oliver is a, like I said, he's a strong, tight player and he knows a lot of tricks to mess with rhinos to prevent you from disembarking and like all the gamey things you can do around that. Yeah. So, and it's so easy for them to set that up because they're so fast. You know, Blood Angels, they are dangerous but they don't have the same speed tricks that the white scars do, you know. So the the White Scar's speed really makes a huge difference. And I think, you know, natural counters to world leaders, and this is pretty widely known I think is you know Emperor's Children and Slash, just that army wide always fight first is such a pain in the ass to fight around.
0: Yeah. I
1: it's it's just that's one of my wish list things is a a means to deal with that and
0: um Um, few, I don't know, about a month ago or something, I, w- I was chatting um, with uh, with at Asher Marines and um, we come up with the, the idea let me run this by you uh, for, you know, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit later about your hopes and wants for a Codex, but let me throw this at you quickly now. For World Eaters or possibly uh, uh, Corn Berserkers, because I'm kind of thinking they're going to lose their Fight Twice ability. I think i really hope they don't <laughs> I, I know but hear me out hear me out so i i just think that because i think the way gw is kind of trying to streamline a little bit and it can be a bit janky but right. replacing it with get, you know getting an extra base or attack or two though i'm absolutely but because we, we lack resilience right That that's one or even two wounds we're still going to be three up on the four. Right. But for berserkers, even when a berserker is slain, it fights again at the end. Before you remove the model, it it fights again at the end of the the fight phase, or at the end of the t- uh, yeah, at the end of the fight phase, because that fights last. And the you know units that make you always fight at the end of the phase, yeah. Somewhat, you know, just a, a squad of regular marines come in and knock out five, six, seven berserkers, and suddenly. It's, it's, it's not feels bad, but it just feels like, oh, that that was one of my critical units. Right. But but that trade-off of, yes, you killed my berserkers in a fair fight, okay. But they're still going to hit you back. Because berserkers, you chop their arm off, you chop half their head off, you, you chop them in half. They're still coming for you. Like They don't care, they don't feel pain, or, or they just push through the pain. What would you think about something like that? They always get to fight at the end of the phase. As a trade-off for Blood for the Blood God.
1: Yeah, I think um, that is that is the perfect uh, mechanic, I think, to deal with interrupts and always fight first. My The way that I envisioned it was if we kept always fight twice, we kept Blood for the Blood God, give us a strat to let one berserker unit fight when they die. If okay. they have fought already, you yeah. know. Um, similar to, you know, like, Wolfen can do that, I think. Yeah. I okay. don't know if they still can or they used to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, but if, yeah, I mean, if you want to give up Blood for the Blood God, we only activate once. I don't I want think, to, but... Right, well, yeah. yeah. I think in, in terms of balance, um, yeah, if we trade fighting twice to always fight on death, I think that would make sense. You know, they're still dying. You yeah. know, you can still bring them down and, you know, um, just sacrifice the things you have to to get rid of them and
0: yeah.
1: um, but it would help so much because it's it's such a feels bad moment like you were saying you know berserkers have the constitution of a wet paper bag and two wounds isn't really going to change no, that no no um, so you know having something to, to to help it so you don't just completely fold yeah. when something goes wrong
0: you get a little bit more of your value for the point and like with the the prevalence of, um, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't think that like the judiciary are super hot in Marines lists at the moment. I'm Not sure, but th- there's quite a few options for most for most armies with a codex to destabilise the fight phase. And and like like you said with the Emperor's children, that's a it's such a good counter for us anyway. But having that trade off, yes, you killed us we're not we're literally not going down without a fight. Like, I don't know. I just it's I not... think
1: it fits the world leaders perfectly. Yeah, I think I, it's really cool.
0: Yeah, I think I, I hope we get some some good rules. But we're gonna talk about that in a little okay. while. Uh, I, I, I do go off on tangents, as is well known at this point. So Alright, so let me go on to the next question I've got for you here. Um of the uh, of the armies you played, which one felt like I don't want to say easy mode because I'm sure all your matches were you know, were great opponents bringing and doing their best. But was there any match where you felt like you know, everything was going right and no matter what your opponent did, your World Eaters were just equipped? Even if it wasn't necessarily killing them, it was they could not stop you from scoring the primaries or anything like that. Was, was there a particular opponent that just felt like, I've got you and you ain't stopping this?
1: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll preface this answer by saying that, you know, there are matchups where world leaders are more comfortable and they definitely have the strength and it's a good fight for them. But our, like we said, our book is old. We even going into a favorable fight, you still got to be careful yes. because things can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, barring like massive gaps in player skill or non-optimized lists or something, it's it's things can always go wrong for yes. the world. Leader. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the guard player that I fought, he's another friend of mine, oddly enough. I, he's not on my team, but I, I know him just right. through the local community. And um, I, we had solid terrain on the board, um, which is another thing that I'm kind of spoiled by in the Wisconsin meta. Most of our tables have pretty, pretty good terrain, um, which I think is becoming more common nowadays. But anyways, uh, so I got to go first. Um, which always helps, even, you know, even though going second, I think, is tactically more sound a lot of the time. Right. My play style, I just like going first, just naturally. Yeah. Um, so he thought, and it, it just blew my mind, he, he mentioned this, like, halfway through the game. Uh, he, he thought Chaos Marines had two wounds already. And oh. I was just like, no. so on his, on his first turn, like, after I moved up, and on his first turn, he had two Valkyries full of Scions. And he, like, overcommitted to clear out my back. Aww. He did not need all those resources to kill the oh. stuff. And so and I was shocked he didn't know that. I you know, because he's a good player, you know, yeah. he's played me before, you know, he you know, he should know this.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but you know, in general, so yeah, so he overcommitted and that kinda cost him more resources than he would have yeah. liked. Um but even in general, like I don't wanna say I was cocky going into that game, but I I felt pretty comfortable okay. against hard Um you know, when you have decent terrain, guard really struggle against yeah. world leaders, yeah. which is kind of counterintuitive how it's been for a long time. You yeah. think the gun line will kill you, but they really don't, um, as long as, you know, you use your gamey tricks to touch the vehicles and keep them busy, and, you know, vehicles, you know, guard armies nowadays are pretty based around vehicles. Mm-hmm. And they can't, there's no interrupt danger from them. So you can just engage all of them. You bait out the overwatch somewhere you don't really care about. And then you just engage everything. Yeah. And with multiple activations and, you know, like eight Berserkers can pick up two Russes in one fight phase. Easy. Yeah. So, you know, the guard, it's, it's, they are a nice matchup. But like I said, you know, it's, playing world eaters i like to tell people it's like riding a tidal wave it's all about momentum and if you ever lose the momentum or you don't get it going it's all going to fall apart absolutely but if you get that momentum rolling and especially against guard players is like that critical turn before you hit them as long as they don't completely crush you yeah. that momentum's going to carry you through
0: yeah and, and you know what that that really fits as you were just talking that, that last moment like I, I was visualising it in my head because if you imagine that, you know, uh, you know, someone writing about a, a battle, the guard, yes, they're going to be artillery and tank shells and Punisher cannons and everything. But once, once those berserkers hit the line, they're just meat bags. Like it's just, you know, the the guard themselves, just like you and me, are going to be absolutely shitting bricks. <laughs> We've right. got a flashlight. And there's this eight foot, absolutely blood crazed. Doesn't even see us. He just literally runs through us. And then yeah, the tanks, great firepower. They do. They don't do well once they're tagged. Yeah, they. A lot of them, you know, without the blast, can still shoot in combat. But okay.
1: It honestly doesn't come up very no. much. You just kill them so fast.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I I think I just. And that's great that. I mean, it's sad for the for the guard player. And terrain has helped. But you know what we dealt with eighth edition i almost <laughs> every game i played in eighth edition it wasn't planet bowling ball but there was nowhere to hide to, to other than like cover in the ruins There, you know you'd have to squeeze an angle to get a little bit of line of sight now these additional rules obscure in and dense cover right. and stuff
1: it changes everything yes
0: right? it's it's given it's almost like it was a codex supplement for combat armies without giving <laughs> us a supplement, right? Right. Because it really made us, not competitive, but it, it gave us play where we where we were losing it at the end of 8. But, right. um, but yeah. Okay, so, uh, ne- next question, kind of leading on from that a little bit. Um, outside of, you know, player skill, and I'm sure every player you played against, you know, was obviously a good player. Um, and, you know, some good armies, um, but outside of your skill your list their skill their list were there um, things like you've mentioned you you went first at least twice um, terrain was good on the board uh, what things like that do you think helped you help helped you get those wins get those beats
1: yeah and honestly it, it kind of comes down to things like that uh, go, going first fits my play style just right. the way that i like to engage with the enemy that always helps me um just to get that momentum going and kind of seize control of the tempo of the game you know yeah. i'm in the driver's seat more um terrain like we said is a game changer you know if is if you have decent terrain to hide it completely changes the way you're going to play that game yeah. um, especially against things like the town R and guard yeah <laughs> um, because, uh, yeah, if you're able to just get on the objectives and hide and control the board without having to be exposed, you know, mm. that you're not in just this mad rush to close with the enemy. You actually could just sit there mm. and hold the board and score points. Um, but like I, I said earlier, you know, mission secondaries, I lean on those a lot. And I want to say there was probably two or three of the games that had decent mission secondaries for me. Right. Um, you can, I can always tell, you know, when, when I'm going into a mission that does not have a useful mission secondary, like raise the objectives or minimize losses, which is impossible for leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those games are much harder because I can okay. never, I can never find, almost never find a decent third, yeah. second, it's always having to compromise and like, well, maybe I can get nine points on assassinate or something, like, yeah. you know, it's just, it doesn't, it's those mission secondaries are really important. They really fill the gap in your scoring. Yeah. Um An opponent like unfamiliarity with world leaders didn't really come into play this time. This yeah. time, I guess it did because my buddy didn't realize the Casperins don't have two wounds. But that wasn't anything I was doing. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So that does come into play often, though. You know, usually at a local RTT, yeah, there's yeah. some guys traveling in. There's probably someone who hasn't fought world leaders before, like I. I fought um, one of our fr- extended uh, other play groups that we're friends with. A new guy from their crew came down, he was playing Necrons. Um, he had the, the three blocks of 20 Invincible Warriors, and, you know, nobody can kill those, but mm-hmm. World leaders can kill those oh, pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. And, you know, so he he had the thing where you get to move six inches per game, so he moved forward, and I moved my rhinos and pop smoke. He, didn't kill them, and I just, I told it, he's like, how many of these warriors do you think you're going to pick up this turn? I said, <laughs> all of them. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't believe me, but I did. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, stuff like that. Um, otherwise, you know, there's there's only so many factors that go into winning games. I think matchups, like at a GT, you know, if, the, if corn is smiling on you, you know, you can find nowadays it seems more and more there's Diversity coming through at the top tables of tournaments, and that's really good. You know, ninth is great because of that. You know, Drakari are maybe changing that a little bit right now, but they'll—they'll. I think they'll quiet down like everything else does. Um, but I think it's a good marker of ninth that you know anybody can do the thing that I did. You know, if you run into four white scars players, if I do, I'm going to get crushed. You know, but I didn't have to fight them for a while. So you know, it's it's. I think it's a good sign that armies can come through based on just the matchups you're getting. You know, sometimes yeah. they have your number, sometimes they don't. Um, so, yeah, you know, going first, like I said, helps a lot. Terrain's a really big deal. Mission secondaries, I can't emphasize those enough. They really help.
0: Yeah, I think, I, and, and I agree, certainly on, on the going first help, because uh, you mentioned earlier that um, uh, going second is often... Yeah, I, I need a better camera. But um, uh, going second is often the better tactical decision, certainly for a lot of armies. But um, it, going first has always felt like a world eater's thing. Um, I, I, I want to say, I can't remember if it was an earlier edition or maybe it's Horus Heresy, but there's um, you used to be like a, a modifier to the Seize the Initiative role. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was if you had Khan as your wall or, or as your leader or something but um and yes it like in the law they're just charging forwards They're, they're, they're not holding back there's there's no you know uh prepare preparing their positions or anything they're just full steam ahead fighting each other to get there first but it does lend itself well to the to the the abilities and the strengths that we have throwing those rhinos up the board uh, throwing the raptors up the board or what, whatever you're using to some capitalize on the engagement fronts type stuff and deploy scramblers getting center for center board to you know in between that and your enemy's front line early on yes you will take some losses you you can use terrain as best you can but you're gonna you, they're gonna get some incidental fire on you you'll lose a squad of raptors they'll pop a rhino or two or three you know depending on what they're bringing but it gets us where we want to be, hopefully, for, for you know the second round, the third round, where that, that critical moment like, like you talked about earlier, tends to occur when their CP is blown because they Oh no, I've got three or four rhinos full of berserkers coming to me. I need to stop them now because what I know once they get to me, it's game over. So I'm gonna spend four CP to you know to shoot again and add AP and do my version of Vets. Destroy the Rhinos. But that does also play a bit to our advantage. Because then our Berserkers jump into some cover. Lie there and wait. You've got to come to score points as well. And we're going to hit you back. And there's an element of sacrifice in going for and going first. Because you do often, especially as a combat army, open yourself up to that. Absolutely horrendous volume of fire.
1: Right. And that's part of the reason why my list is designed the way it is with the Raptors yeah. um, is especially against, you know, oftentimes I don't want to get onto the objectives right away. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a lot of times you do, you know, If you, you just got to be able to read the enemy's shooting, you know, how much damage they're going to do to you if you're going to sit on them. Right. It's much more important to get up there. And a lot, I think more and more boards nowadays are starting to have those big L-shaped ruins in the center of the board that are like opposed from each other whatever. I can't do that in the camera. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> um, but, you know, so you use those a lot. You know, I'm very much interested in just getting into position and staying safe. And then you use units like the Raptors that I don't care about. You know, they're like 75 points and they're fast. So you can use units like that to get onto the midfield primaries and just barely get onto those. And they will force a reaction from your opponent because they can't just leave them there. You know, you don't care if the Raptors die, but your opponent can't just leave them there and you start scoring points for nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, so yeah. Having those chaff elements like that is really important. And, you know, the rhinos themselves start doing that later in later turns yeah. if you're still alive. And yeah. Never never forget to roll to repair your rhinos. Every exactly, yeah. Always, always do that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how many times I've had a rhino survive with, like, one more wound than it was supposed to because I healed it earlier. Yeah,
0: and get those extra three inches of movement, you know, between yeah. Oh, yeah, the track. totally it, it, I, I've had it be critical for myself. Like, I don't yeah. always remember. But I, I always remind myself at the start of a game, six-up repair, six-up repair, six-up repair. It's like, and it, right. it has paid off.
1: Well, and it's, you know, the, the another thing to never forget with Berserkers is, is the six-inch Consolidated Strat. I think you mm, you yes. talking about this a lot, then. And- that's, even when you're not using that to re-engage the enemy, just getting into a, maybe a better position or getting onto a primary that they're trying to touch and then you just turn it off for a turn, even though those berserkers are gonna die, turn off their primary for a turn so they just lose points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, nice. you yeah. Know, that's, s- slowing down the enemy's scoring is just as viable in some fights as scoring yourself.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, and, and yeah, that, that example there is perfect. One CP to get the extra bit of movement. And if you can turn off their, you know, ca- counter their offset, that could be a 10-point victory point swing, you know, if, if they're currently scoring more than you. Because you go to any table, the top table at the LVO, you ask both players, would you spend one CP right now for a 10-point 10, 10 victory swing? Hell yes, they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. How would you not... It, it's yeah, and anything uh, you know, like like you said, and I one hundred percent agree about the the kind of the importance of movement and and the spatial awareness and everything. Certainly in ninth edition, um, anything that we have that improves that mobility is, is are often our best things. Apoplectic frenzy. I know you said you you, you kind of use a bit of deep strike with your raptors, but um, you know, they, they, all, yeah. But the the the, uh, the the consolidate and I'm not a huge fan of violent urgency. But if we're going to advance stuff, uh, uh, but, and the extra inch to a charge is helpful, anything. I, like,
1: go, pers- go ahead. Sorry, dude. Personally, violent urgency I think is like the best warlord trait. It's just this. Well, I run, you know I run the red butchers, and getting plus one inch out of the deep strike charge is a huge mathematical yeah. difference whether you are going to succeed or not. And that demon prince, you know, violent urgency combos perfectly with Talisman of Burning Blood. Yes, on the doing. So you know that guy. Assuming I, you know, roll a six and then boxcar my charge, he can go like thirty-two inches, yeah. <laughs> which is doesn't. Obviously, that doesn't happen, but you know, he can still. He often surprises opponents with how fast he is yeah. because of that, and. Um, you know, as much as the spatial awareness is, I think the timing aspect is something that a lot of world leaders overlook.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I feel like a lot of world leaders players are very interested in getting first-turn charges, and they can okay. orient a lot of what they're doing around that. And honestly, I never, almost never try for any first-turn charges. Okay. Like, you know, because most good opponents are going to make sure that you're not going to get your hands on anything useful Yeah. Uh, first-turn charge. Um it's much more important to get into position and take over the board and be threatening for the rest of the game, you yeah. know. And a lot of times, you know, you're sending out berserker units one at a time, two at a time, maybe you try to save some for later because berserkers are like one-shot missiles. You know, yeah. They will destroy whatever they go for, but then they're all going to die. Yeah. So you really got to keep that in mind with how you're using those units because you're only going to get one really good combat out of them. Yeah. So, you know, and they have to last the whole game.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely understand your point. And um, like uh, a video I'm working on for probably next week is looking specifically at the Demon Prince, and he, even before you you'd uh, like we, we'd found out about your results, the the Talisman and Violent Urgency was already a great combo on on, on the Demon Prince specifically right. because of yeah. his his. His damage output. He's he's got some resilience, got mobility, but that damage output with the right weapon. And yeah,
1: the sword is the way to go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and I, I think okay. So what I mean by for, for myself, violent urgency is not is not really my auto take. I haven't run a Demon Prince in a while. Not not through Ninth Edition. Now I am considering. I was actually chatting. um, with uh, from with, with another world eaters player Maxine from uh, Katie plays forty k, and um, sure. and, and and she's a big fan of, of the Demon Prince, and talking to her and I was like okay, and then your results came up and I'm like okay, there's obviously something here, <laughs> I, because once the points kind of went back up uh, a few months ago, I, I I I was like okay, I'm just I'm just putting this model aside, but now that I've been looking back into it. I think I need to make room in my list, or in my list concepts for that. And exactly how you say it was how I've been thinking about it. Not as a turn one charge with the Prince. Now I do have units I want to harass with turn one, but the Prince is like the nuclear option. I'm going to be throwing my, my little missiles, my berserkers, my raptors, whatever, and you're going to eat them up. And then we're going to trade pawn for pawn most of the time. But being able to turn two or three, swoop that prince out from behind some terrain where you you haven't been able to shoot because of lookout, sir, and, and terrain blocking and stuff like that. But for me.